Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighters Fury Inside the Heart of a Champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Ah, welcome on in, everybody. Happy Sunday morning. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Bet y'all, y'all laughed at me when I kept doing this show, huh? Tell them why you keep doing this radio show. Who's laughing now, huh? The only sport going. The only one that goes strong. UFC Live. Who cares if there's no fans? Who cares if it's a detriment to everybody's health? Standing on top alone. You have everybody scrambling, trying to learn how to say these names. What? What do you mean that these Brazilian fighters, their name starts with an R and it's pronounced with an H? This is ridiculous. Everybody's out here scrambling. So, it was fun. I mean, listen, we got some sports yesterday. That was great. Uh, it was, uh, it's, it, you know, somebody, some, my, my buddy texted me on the way in here. He goes, uh, what are you going to talk about with no sports? I mean, that's been the most common question I've gotten uh, nonstop since all this stuff has happened. And, uh, there's been shutdowns and everything. I was like, I don't know. I guess we're going to talk about how there is no sports. I We'll figure it out, man. Don't worry about it. Uh, but last night, you actually did have action. And honestly, the UFC is in, I would say, is in a little bit of controversy right now. People are looking to them right now in a situation where they have a president who seems gung-ho on making these fights happen and, you know, charging forth with all these fights happening. And, and in, in reality... You know, you look at these things, and I know a lot of these guys have camps and all this stuff, and this stuff is really rough. Like, we had a local card uh, that was supposed to go down on Friday uh, here in South Florida, and those guys got the, – the day of, their fight got canceled. And this is fresh off of them all cutting weight and and, and depleting their immune systems, and um, they weren't able to go. There's there's a fight that was supposed to go on next, uh, next week at Gulfstream. Uh, Gulfstream shut down, and these guys aren't able to do their card. If they are able to do it, they're going to try and do it with no fans, but – I would say more than more likely than not, it's going to get canceled. That's just it's kind of gone the wave of everything, and you know here is Dana White in the midst of everything, telling you the fights will go on, the fights, the fights will go on, and you know watching watching it yesterday with no fans, it was a little bit weird, especially watching a fight card in Brazil because you know Brazilian fans have long had one of the greatest atmospheres in all of mixed martial arts, you know. They, they root for their own better than uh, than than most countries and you know they will threaten the other one in the on the other side of the octagon uh, that they will die uh, Brazilians don't play when it comes to their mixed martial arts man it's like soccer and then it's mixed martial arts and so yeah I did feel like you lost a little bit something yesterday because of the country that it was in um, I under I, I could even understand wanting to get that one in because you had everybody over uh, it, you, you had everybody in Brazil basically already. You know, at this point, then they're going to have to travel back. You, you know, you're going you're to have to fighters travel back to America. That's almost as risky as them just being there and fighting, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I'm no, I'm no scientist, but, like, if you're seeing what's going on at some of these airports with the international check-ins, it's an absolute disaster. So you might as well just have that fight go on. But as far as the, the rest of this, like, this is getting it, – it's getting absolutely wild because here's Dana White. He's on SportsCenter last night, and he's discussing – the UFC UK card, which is supposed to go down next week, and it's a monster of a fight. It's Leon Edwards, Tyron Woodley. Uh, arguably the person who wins that fight is going to be next in line for the title after Usman and Masvidal, whenever they throw down, throw down. 
and everybody's like, "What?" That that one was the strangest of everything because they weren't even planning on canceling anything. They were like, "This is going to go on as normal. We're going to have fans in the stands. The card's just going to happen." And everybody's like, "Huh? What? What do you mean that the that the, that the card's just going to happen? You're just going to go about it." Willy nilly, like nothing is changing. It was it was a wild thing to hear that you just want the, the the cards to to go on as usual and to keep the fans, especially when the ones in America that are even further away, you're moving to to your your headquarters in in uh, in Las Vegas. It, it's just very strange. And so yesterday, you know, Dana White he goes on Sports Center and he's saying that these things are changing by the hour. Uh, but he, but he is adamant. The fights will go on. The, the, the fights will go on. It's just, you know, at this point you're, you're, you're scrambling so much. Like, are you that hard up to get the ESPN money, uh, from event to event that you want to happen? Are you trying to take advantage because you want to be the only thing in town? And so, you know, you find this to be somewhat of a weird, great marketing opportunity. I just, I want to know what the point of all of this is because, if anything, if anything, the UFC has the ability to delay events, combat sports in general has the betterment of delaying events better than anybody else because they're once a week. You know, at, at the most, your events are once a week, and I'd be, I'd be, you'd be, you'd be shocked to think that they couldn't find a, a suitable other city once all of these things clear up to do these types of events, and if anything. If anything, the, the the grand benefit of this all will be, okay, you delay a few events a week, then you stack these great cards on top of each other, and you're like, boom, 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 boom. And, and you're going to all of a sudden kind of go back to, uh, to, to 2004, 2006, where you just had these absolute UFC monster cards. If you were to just put this off for a, a, a month or two. But it is strange that he finds... It's so meaningful to, 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 to trudge forth and make these fights happen. And, you know, a lot of people are, are speculating that this is, a, this is a, an edict or um, kind of in lockstep with the president. You know, Dana White's very close with Donald Trump. He's friends with Donald Trump. And, you know, Donald Trump was one of the, the few guys who really supported mixed martial arts in the beginning. Dana White spoke at the Republican National Convention. And so many are wondering, is this uh, – you know, try and and, and and go in lockstep with that and show it, we're going to go forth. It's just all right. But at some point, e- even even as wacky as the, the presidential press conference was this week with the handshakes and the elbow, even at that, like things have been taking a, a much greater turn than they had from the beginning of the week when there was like, oh, this is a hoax to, oh, this is going to dissipate to, okay, now everybody can go get tested. And, oh, I'm not going to get tested. Then I am going to get tested. And now – all this stuff, all this stuff is changing by the hour. And so it's so strange that at the end of yesterday, after you have this event where no fans are there, that you're still trying to be like, no, 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 we're going to have the fights happen. Um, and the weirdest one of it all is Habib versus Tony, because you've been waiting for this fight as a mixed martial arts fan. I've been waiting for this fight as a mixed martial arts fan for years. We've been waiting for these two to throw down. This is the fifth attempt to make that fight happen, and it is to ultimately decide who is the best 155-pound fi- uh, fighter on the planet, arguably the best pound-for-pound pound fighter on the planet because that's been longstanding, one of the best divisions in the sport, if not the best uh, division in the sport. 
And so I understand why it's so frustrating to want to keep that fight going and to 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 make it happen. But there's a couple of things here. If we're going to talk about having Tony and, and Habib happen, all right, um, that fight needs the fans. That fight needs to happen with people in attendance. And if you're going to treat that like it's an ultimate fighter or a Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series, it's losing something, man. It really is because this is the fans' fight. This is the fight that the fans have been dying to see. And for you to want to go forth and make it happen just because? And he was even saying last night, because the crazy thing is, you know, he's talking about, oh, we're going to, you know, at first it was like this one, just like just like England. It was like, oh, this is going to go on as planned. It's like, you know, New York just announced their first death of the coronavirus. I got a feeling it's not actually, Dana, going to happen as planned. Now it's turned to we're gonna find we're gonna find replacement venues for this. And it's so weird that we've gotten to the point where the rogue underground sport, the sport that took so long to even get legalized in New York, you know, we're not ta- we're talking five years ago. This thing was wasn't able to legally take place in New York. And now here he is again. It, it's like they're 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 back in the underground where they're trying to put on Fights almost like almost like you know Dada five thousand and Kimbo Slice in the backyard where they're putting the tarps up. Pretty soon you're gonna have Habib versus Tony. It's gonna take place in Parine with the tarps up in the backyard. Like that's and look, this fight for for everybody to be waiting. People will actually want to pay their hard earned money to be at this event. You're gonna you're gonna bastardize it by just putting it in front of nobody. It just seems so stupid. I I don't really even understand it. Why? Because although maybe you'll get more of a pop uh, as far as pay-per-view is concerned, because what the hell are people doing? I mean, they're just they're just sitting around looking for entertainment maybe for the next eight weeks. Um, that fight that fight is made to have a huge live audience, a crazy crazed fan base, and you know, look, I know it's gonna have complications. I'm not acting like this is something that's gonna be a quick fix because you know you got Ramadan coming up. Habib is uh, is as devout religiously as it gets. He's going to honor that, and that's going to put him out of commission. But when you've been waiting years for a fight, you've had five attempts to make it happen. What's a couple of uh, what's a what's a couple of more months? What's three more months? Why not have it in July? Why not put it on the same card as Kamar Usman and, and Jorge Masvidal in July? What's what is the big harm there? I don't I don't get it. It's just it's just the only thing that you can you can deduce from having this situation where you're you're so gung ho on making the fight happen is if you are worried that this is going to lay off the uh, Habib versus Conor McGregor thing, and so you'd rather just get this Habib fight over with with Tony hopes he wins and that, hope he wins and then uh, get to the point where he can fight Conor down the road. I just I, it's so strange to me. Like they're out there and they're talking about. Uh, this uh, this fight next week between Tyron Woodley and Leon Edwards, and they're like, oh, it's going to happen in an undisclosed location. I'm like, what the F are you talking about, undisclosed location? Undisclosed location. Does that mean you don't have one yet, or does that mean you're not going to reveal? Like, they're, they're, everything's going to be secret when it comes to the UFC. Are they just going to have it at the UFC Apex anyway, even though Nevada's outlawed combat sports for the next week at least? You know, you have the California State Athletic Commission. They've come out. They have... They have put off combat sports until at least the end of the month. 
Uh, normally, that is the commission that kind of leads the way on everything. They lead the way on weight cutting. They lead the way on uh, IV drips, all that type of stuff. So if if the, the, the CSAC is telling you we're outlawing it even longer than Vegas, chances are that this stuff's going to be off for a while. It, because a lot of the times, commissions honor their commissions. So unless the UFC is going to go completely rogue and independent, which, I mean, I guess technically they could. I mean, they are their own promotion. Uh, they put forth their own belts and all that stuff. But, you know, they have they have worked with the commissions for a long time. So it would be a weird time in the middle of a, a pandemic to, to all of a sudden decide, yeah, but you ought to know something, we're just going to do it ourselves. That's it's just a, It's such a weird stance to take if you're Dana White. I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. It's, it's, it's just like one of these things where it's just like, yeah, we're going to do it because cause we can. Why? Why? Because people are that thirsty for sports? Because you just want to seem manlier? I don't understand it. It's just, it's such a strange thing where you have a couple of things. One, you have, you know, basketball players passing this thing from, from player to player. And then... You take, all right, we're going to be in another athletic competition. Maybe we won't have fans, but let's just say somebody gets it. Um, you got rubbing together. You got fluids exchanging. You got, uh, you got cut men rubbing eyes as as rubbing stuff into uh, into fighters' eyes. You have corners that are touching each other. It's impossible not to have that sport and to have touching. It's a contact combat sport. So. Man, it's just it, it it's a weird one for me as a combat sports fan, as a UFC fan. Uh, it's strange seeing that. It's I, I don't want to say it's surprising seeing it because it does seem in tune with Dana White and how the sport was brought up. A lot of this was against rules and and uh, and against the grain, and and so it's not surprising seeing the president act like this. It's just at this point when you are an entity that is partnered with ESPN, you got that Mickey Mouse money back in you. It just it, it's a strange one where you've made it now as as you know I don't want to say it's like the most mainstream sport but UFC is mainstream like if you know you got you got the little the the little fight picture on the bottom line every single week of what the main event's going to be on ESPN plus you've made it baby so it, it's to to have this is the the hard line stands um it's very it's very confusing and it's and it's and it's uh, in some ways disappointing because you would feel like the UFC doesn't need to do this stuff anymore that they could they could act in line with the NBA and the NHL and MLB the NCAA Dana White listen to me uh it's the NCAA the greediest of the greedy they are saying no more sports no no our biggest tournament off the map Khabib and Tony needs to happen in a few weeks it's wild to me. We will get into a little bit of UFC Brasil yet. It was last night, and uh, it was uh, the 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 main three fights really delivered. Um, you had a lot of decisions in in the uh, in the lead up to it, but uh, very interesting main event, and and, and a lot of uh, a lot of fallout from that as well. We'll get to that next. It's Fighters Fury on AM seven ninety The Ticket. All right, welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on your Sunday morning. We have been told, uh, you know, business as usual for tomorrow, so expect to be here 6 to 10 a.m. with Leroy Horde and Robbie the Degenerate doing our normal show. We have been given a 
personalized mic covers, which we've only been asking for forever. So happy that that actually came in through as a, uh, as a, as a fallout from all this, which I'm very excited about. But last night you did have, uh, well, it was more like yesterday afternoon. Mostly you had UFC action. They are the only, uh, really the only professional league that's still going. Even Bellator canceled. Bellator was going to do the UFC plan of having their card go on at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Uh, but then they decided to pull the plug on it and no Bellator. So the UFC was, uh, was standing alone. Combat sports was standing alone basically this weekend. And uh, then it was just basically the UFC. Uh, Scott Coker did come out and they said that they are going to pay all their fighters. They're going to pay all their staff and all that stuff uh, for the planning of having that card go down. But they did not go down. Uh, so we were just left with the UFC. Now, um, as far as the car was concerned, yes, a lot of decisions, a lot of decisions basically up until we got to the uh, the top three fights. Um, but I, but this main card was a good main card. You had you had a lot of a lot of great opponents in here. Obviously, you got to say uh, Nikita Krylov beat Johnny Walker by unanimous decision. Interesting for Johnny Walker, of course, stormed into the UFC about a year ago, where everybody was talking about this guy has the explosiveness, he has the craziness, he has the moves. People were even saying, oh, maybe this is the guy who could beat John Jones. The guy was even bigger than John Jones. Um, he then, of course, hurt himself doing the worm and had to get major shoulder surgery because he celebrated a win in a fight doing the worm. And so he lost his next fight to, to Corey Anderson, and now he has now lost two straight after he loses a decision fight. He took it well. Uh, I know Bisbing had this post where he was talking about Johnny Walker being happy that he went the distance for the first time, and he thinks it's going to benefit him, but... Uh, the Johnny Walker hype train. And that guy, listen, you watch Johnny Walker, that dude will impregnate your television. He used to be a male stripper, and you watch this guy dance to the ring. I mean, it is something. Don't have your wives watch, man. They will be hypnotized. I'm telling you, this Johnny Walker is something with them hips. But uh, but it wasn't enough. Krylov ended up getting the win yesterday. So Johnny Walker's a little bit back to the uh, to the drawing board. Uh, Hanato Maikano, uh, he was the first one to uh, to put a win in the uh, in the finish category yesterday, as uh, as as he beat uh, uh, Demir Hadzovic with a uh, with a rear naked choke in the first round. Hunter McConnell's an absolute badass, so uh, he he did it well for the hometown crowd. Brazil really got it going as far as this uh, this hometown crowd was concerned. These top three fights, Moicano um, got it going. First round uh, submission by him, so really good win. I was very much intrigued by Gilbert Burns. This is Damian Maya. Um, Gilbert Burns is a good fighter, man. He's a really really good fighter. Trains a uh, here at Hard Knocks 365 under Henry Hooft. And his brother his brother recently just got in the UFC after fighting in Titan for a while, Herbert Burns. But Gilbert's an absolute badass. And this is, you know, one of those things where you're taking on a guy in Damian Maya. He's talked about what a weird fight this was going to be for himself. Taking on a legend and icon to him in the submission game. But, but Gilbert has shown himself to be a really well-rounded fighter. He really is. And so he gets this fight against Damian Maya. And immediately we get into this position where Damian Maia's got his back and is looking for the submission, and that's that's no bueno if you're Gilbert Burns. Like that is, you're looking and you're basically in a a one on one match with Michael Jordan. You're Michael Jordan, and he basically crosses you up immediately and and, and sticks a dagger right in your face. Like it is, it, it it's got to be that kind of a start. But he really handled it well, got out of uh, harm's way, uh, pushed himself out of uh, of of Damian Maia having top control. And he dropped him with this monster, monster right hand. Now, he, st he took a step back uh, thinking that the ref would just call a walk-off knockout. He did not. And so he had to go in there and go finish the job with a barrage of shots, a little ground and pound. 
Um, but 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 Gilbert Burns right now is in a good way. I mean, he is right now riding a five-fight win streak. He's looked absolutely great. Uh, he's beaten the likes of you know Gunnar Nelson and Olivia Aubin Mercier. You know he's got he's got some good wins now. He has obviously the biggest one of his career where he beats number five ranked Damian Maya. That will put Gilbert Burns in the top ten for sure. Uh, had a good call out too. He said afterwards that he wanted to call out uh, Colby Covington. Uh, I'd be very very much into that fight and seeing that fight happen. I don't know what's going to happen with Colby. We haven't heard bleep from Colby since basically losing to Kamara Usman. We haven't heard anything. I think he did like you know he did do one interview where he uh, with with I think Helwani where he said he didn't have his uh, jaw broken. Um, I think that did, I think Dustin Poirier revealed like they uh, Dan Lambert had to have a talk with him because obviously there was a little bit of a rift throughout the uh, the lead up of of Colby Covington's fight and so they had to have a talk of what behavior was going to be like at the gym, but. Yeah, this is a fun fight. I mean, this is a fun fight. Gilbert was going on the uh, on the on the path of that he wants to fight Colby Covington because of his filthy animals comments, where he called Brazilians a bunch of filthy animals. So that'd be a fun fight. I would say though, the only I think the benefit of doing that fight though would be if you could do it in Brazil. I think that would add an extra element to it. Now it may have to be Chael Sonnen style, where you have basically a lot of security following Colby Covington the entire fight week, because I'm sure he's not popular there. Um, and then you have the wonder with Colby, like Colby is one of these guys where he's been holding out for a lot of fights. Um, his fight versus Kamaru Usman was a good fight. You know, if I'm Colby Covington, do I want to go fight a guy in Gilbert Burns who's just knocking on the top 10? Tough question. I don't know if I'm Colby Covington, if I want that fight. And I, th- you know, if you're Colby, um, you know, there's a couple fights that could be, obviously, does he fight any of the guys in the American Top Team, even this, even in spite of the new memo that goes out? Is it a possibility that, you know, let's say Jorge Masvidal doesn't beat Kamaru Usman? Does then Colby want to go fight Jorge Masvidal? Do those guys want to fight each other, the former friends? Um, does Dustin Poirier go up and wait? Uh, something like that. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of people who hate Colby Covington, so he's not like he's short on opponents, but... Uh, that's a really good call out if you're Gilbert Burns. I think that one makes a lot of sense. You're gunning for a guy who's really high up there in the welterweight division. Uh, obviously, the uh, the idea of fighting for the belt is probably quick in his mind. It's also a little bit awkward because they train at the same gym as well. So that's never easy if you're if you're Gilbert Burns and you are coming from this uh, this place of being just outside the top ten. Uh, but there's a lot of good fights for Gilbert Burns, man. Like you could, I know Kies has also called out Kobe Covington recently, so. That's an interesting fight. Maybe Gilbert Burns and uh, Michael Chiesa fight each other. Uh, that's a possibility. You can put that together. Um, Leon Edwards, Tyron Willie, obviously tied up. Hoy Masvidal expects to fight for the title. Uh, Wonderboy Thompson. Haven't heard much from him lately. Um, yeah. So I would say out of the guys in the top ten, like the people, the, the guy who really does need a dance partner is Colby. But I don't know if Colby wants to dance. We don't know. We don't know. We haven't heard much in that regard of what he wants to do for his future. Um, so that's an interesting one. We get to the main event, and that was a uh, an interesting matchup to begin with. First of all, you had Kevin Lee coming into this fight, and Kevin Lee just coming off that amazing knockout over Gregor Gillespie, uh, a fight I thought he was going to lose. I thought I, I just – I haven't liked the way Kevin Lee has looked in a while. I mean, it's been one of those things where, you know, the guy bursts onto the scene, everybody loves him. From the fact that he is very charismatic, um, he's got a he's got a great personality for the sport. 
And so a lot of the times the guys who have the best personalities usually are given the biggest benefit of the doubt from the media and thinking that he's going to turn it around, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. Um, you know, but the unfortunate thing with Kevin Lee is, you know, since his loss to Tony Ferguson, and if you really include his loss to Tony Ferguson, you know, he's 2-4 and four since 2017, since the end of 2017. And he's kind of run the gamut on everything a fighter will try to get their, their career back on track with the, the with the typical things of a fighter who's going through a lot of hiccups. He's missed weight twice. He's changed weight classes. Um, you know, his trainer, unfortunately, took his own life. And so he went through a big struggle with that of trying to find the right camp, trying to find the right place. Ended up at TriStar, seemingly a great choice with Faraz Sahabi and that whole camp. Johnny Walker went there, too. Um, tough night for them. But it was one of those things where, you know, he has run the gamut of what he's going to do and getting his career right. And it all really hasn't worked that great. You know, his got a, he's got that, you know, that monster knockout over, over Gregor Gillespie. But, you know... Even the Edson Barboza fight, the win that that is, that's a fight where he missed weight. And you got to look at that and be like, all right, well, that's 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 a little bit of an asterisk to it. And same thing with uh, with Oliveira. Even if you were to beat Oliveira, you would have been like, all right, but he was he was three and a half pounds overweight. I mean, that's that's that, that's a tough thing for a guy who's waffling between divisions and a guy that people probably thought was uh, possibly the future of the welterweight division. You know, talked a huge game. He's great at talking. You know, Kevin Lee is a guy who uh, – I think a lot of people looked at, at him and saw the physique and saw the skill set. Doesn't it doesn't seem like Kevin Lee has a lot of holes, but he is having trouble now putting an entire good fight together. And so, if he doesn't do what he does to like Gregor Gillespie, where he gets a fast knockout, then where does he go from there? And that's that seems to be the the big problem because, you know, he's getting uh, you know choked out by Tony Ferguson, Rafael dos Anjos, and now Charles Oliveira. Um, there's a glaring hole there when it comes to Kevin Lee. Um, so I don't know what becomes of him. You know, he, he was talking about after words, he was, they did a, a little small media scrum and he, it even slipped out that he's going to be gone for years. Not, 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 not a year, not a while off. He says, it's going to be a minute before you see us. And then he, he, he mentioned the term years. So I don't know what this means for Kevin Lee. I really don't. I don't know what you give him. That may even makes him look good. I don't know what the plan is. Um, because there's a lot of, a lot of building up to do when it comes to that career. He's still now the one thing you can say about Kevin Lee that he has going for him is that he is very young. I mean, he's 27 years old and that is a lot of life still in front of you when you are a, a mixed martial artist. So a lot of this stuff came to him very, very fast. You know, he's fighting for the interim title basically at 24 years old. Um, and it, and it has been a downward trend since then, but, um, the one benefit you could really look at this and say is one, he's a, he's a marketable guy. People, people will tune in to watch Kevin Lee. Um, I mean, he's been basically in all of his fights other than UFC 244. He's been the main event since Tony for no, really since, since before Tony first, since, since his Michael Chiesa fight in June of 2017, he has main evented one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. He's fought on seven cards, and he's main evented six of them. So the guy's a star, right? Like the UFC looks at that guy and they say, "This guy's marketable. We can get behind this." So he has that going for him. All right, that's a good. That's a good thing if you're Kevin Lee. Is that people? People will. They look upon you as people care to tune into you. If you're if you're main eventing six out of seven fights, people care about watching Kevin Lee. 
but um, the record is what it is, and the the ways to get his career right is what it is. Like there's there's not there's not many other gamuts. Like you know the typical things that fighters go through when they're searching for something are new weight class, new training camp, um, new training method, all these types of things. Like there's there's not much else other than uh, Kevin Lee basically taking a very long break. And then coming back. And then saying that he found something. Um, and he has been a very active fighter for, for for a while. He hasn't been taking a lot of breaks. And that's considering the fact that, you know, his uh, his his trainer died. And he hasn't quite been the same since that happened. But, you know, the one thing you do have to like about Kevin Lee is a very accountable guy. You know, he said up and down in the post fight that he, he was unprofessional. And that he didn't show up the right way. Um that he showed up and did a did a poor weight cut. He he, uh, he thought the UFC was going to provide a nutritionist, and they didn't. So, you know, and obviously fighting, you know, he's fought under a couple of tough circumstances too. Because um, I want to say the Tony Ferguson fight that was the first event after the mass shooting in Las Vegas. So Kevin Lee's also been around a, a couple of uh, a couple of weird things around his camp, as far as you know, tragedies or national emergencies or world emergencies or pandemics. Um, that's a, that's a pretty crazy book to write if you're Kevin Lee. So I know we've done a lot of focus on Kevin Lee to, to give credit though. Let's, let's hit to the other side of this. And that's Charles Oliveira. This dude's an absolute monster. I mean, he has now won seven straight fights via, via finish. He has an, a, a, an arsenal of ways to choke you out. And he's even got some TKOs and KOs in this run. He is sensational. I don't know who wants to fight him right now because if you look at this lightweight division and where he stands, who's going to look at Charles Oliveira and be like, yeah, I want to fight that guy? Because he called afterwards, he's like, I want to fight the winner of Tony versus Khabib. Well, there's no way that's going to happen. You know, you're not going to jump from 13 to uh, to beating, to, to, to fighting for the belt. You know, he just beat a, a top 10 guy in Kevin Lee, go to the top 10. Uh, then then what does what happens for him? I don't know. You know, if you look at this run of being Clay Guida, Jim Miller, David Timer, Nick Lentz, George, uh, Jared Gordon, um, he did lose to Paul Felder, who I think would be the only other top 10 guy in this run. Um, so I, I do think that Charles Oliveira, he's going to need a, a, a Tony Ferguson-like run to get to the title. It's going to take fighting somebody like a, a, a Poirier, Gaethje, somebody like that, Donald Cerrone maybe, if Donald Cerrone comes back. Somebody like that, he's going to need to to really vault himself into that that title picture. But I don't know who's going to want to fight him. I don't know who's going to want to fight him because he's kind of the guy where it's like, oh, oh yeah, he's super dangerous. He's on this crazy win streak, and you know, do 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 uh, do fans tune into him? Like, is that going to get me a lot of eyeballs? That's a tough one. Um, but I mean, if you're looking over the lightweight division right now. Like, who's on the roll of this guy? I mean, the the list is Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson and maybe the way Justin Gaethje's been going lately. Uh, Dan Hooker hasn't even looked this dominant. So, he he's absolutely steamrolling fools. Uh, I, I don't remember what the record was that he put up last night. He was either already tied for most finishes in UFC with Donald Cerrone or that win did tie him. So, I, he's either one or two as far as finishes overall in UFC careers. He's, he's a monster. So, even though I don't think he's going to get close to the title shot now, um, he's certainly officially emerged as a contender and I think is only a fight or two away from putting himself in that category. 
It's just a question of, all right, can you get these contenders to want to sign up to fight Charles Oliveira because he's that kind of dangerous. He's that kind of dangerous, and he brings that kind of arsenal to the ring every single time he steps in there. But a great showing for him. Had to mean a lot for him to, to win this country. Sucks that he wasn't able to do it in front of a lot of fans, but circumstances are what they are. And uh, and it was it – was, look, as much as I think Dana White is, is a little bit kooky for, for dying to keep these fights going um, – it was nice to have it yesterday. It was nice to have something to watch as far as UFC is concerned. Um, but I do think it is advisable that they really pack this thing up for a little bit. I do. I, I mean, if if you're telling me all these other leagues are, you know, reluctantly or, or, or willingly closing up shop for everything. I mean, the damn Masters got postponed. Dana, the Masters. All right? They could ban everybody if they wanted to from there other than the people participating. Um it would it would if it would feel it would feel like the right move is that this is the last UFC for a while because you know this is just one of those things where it just it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't even feel appropriate to have these guys travel that's see here's the one thing like a lot of the thing is uh, here's the other thing with the with the with the you know keeping the combat sports going actually we'll take a break i'll tell you the other factor that i think is important when when you're thinking about why we should probably put a pause on UFC and, and combat sports for a while. We'll be back after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast it's fighters fury on am 790 the ticket all right welcome back everybody it is fighters fury here on the ticket Tony here with you Habib uh, commented yesterday on Instagram about his uh, future fight with Tony Ferguson. He says, uh, I don't understand what's going on outside the gym. I'm in the gym. I'm working hard. What will happen next? No one knows. Um, I got a feeling that he's uh, going to leave the gym. I think that's what's going to happen. 
I think by the by the middle of this week, they're going to be like, hey, Dana White, knock it off, and they're going to be looking for somewhere else to make this happen. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, vitriol and, and a little bit of venom put up on social media yesterday from uh, one Jorge Masvidal towards Kevin Lee, and it says that uh, Kevin Lee should be cut for tapping out and continuing to fight. He tweeted, uh, you should be cut for this B move, tap and then try to continue. One of the lowest things you can do. I uh, can't say that last part of his, uh, his tweet, but uh, if it's Masvidal, just to Matt, look, first you go, I've retweeted it. You can go see it. Uh, go at Game Brand Fighter or at Brendan underscore Tobin. I retweeted it on my timeline. You can imagine it's, uh, it's Masvidal. So what do you think he would describe him as? Then he followed up uh, first B move, miss weight, second B move, tap out and try to continue. Disrespectful to the sport, the lowest thing you can do. That was strange uh, seeing that yesterday where Kevin Lee did tap out as clear as day. It wasn't a quick tap. It was a, it was a multi-tap. Like he was, uh, it, was, uh, it was multiply touching Charles Oliveira who let go. And I don't know if Lee was just that, uh, uh, was that delirious because he was out of oxygen because he didn't get to the point where uh, he just let himself pass out. He did tap. So did he get to that point and, you know, maybe it was a spike in, in air to the brain or something like that, and that's what caused him to, to keep going. But he was really confused because he, he – the, the, the choke was let – he taps, ref calls the fight, which, by the way, I'll tell you one sad thing about this, uh, this coronavirus, this poor Mike Beltran. You know he had the he had to he had to tuck in the beautiful he had to tuck in the beautiful ponytail beard, and eh, that was a tragedy, a tragedy. Beautiful beautiful mustache, goes down looks like Pippi Longstocking. Had to tuck it into his uh, into his shirt. Neither here nor there, but um, Kevin Lee yeah Kevin Lee taps out clearly, and then all of a sudden after the tap is let go he starts going for the takedown on uh, on Charles Oliveira. I gotta think that was just a case of you know you know, he's just kind of coming to and is, is fighting on fighter instincts. I don't think that he thought he got away with one and is all of a sudden then, uh, then going for the win against, um, going for the win against Charles Oliveira. So that was, uh, that was a strange thing, but, uh, but Masvidal did not like it. That was, uh, that was clear. Masvidal was not a fan locally. Uh, I could tell you, speaking of Masvidal American top team, they have decided to cancel their classes uh, due to the uh, the virus, only pro fighters and coaches are allowed to train at American Top Team right now. And this was a statement put out by the the fat the the flagship place at um in Coconut Creek, which is it's a beautiful gym. It's a very popular gym. People people uh they and they do regular classes. People don't know this. Like those gyms, they they have just civilians. Like they have people come in and they they take classes on boxing. They take mixed martial arts classes. They take jujitsu classes. I mean, they got they could teach you damn everything there. That's that's how beautiful the place is. But look, uh, gyms are gross, and it's it's one of those things where you probably shouldn't be if you if you want to talk about uh, social distancing. Uh, again, a gym where people are sweating all over each other, and uh, you know they got to wipe down mats on a, on a good day. They got to they got to be very thorough with their cleaning. It's probably best that they uh, they put that aside for right now. So American Top Team canceled their classes for everybody except for the pros um, and wouldn't even be surprised if, like, as this week continues. Because I would say, I think right now, most of the places in Florida, at least in South Florida, easily are in Broward. Um, but don't be surprised if, uh, if if more things come from that. Another uh, another thing that, that, that came down here locally, Adrian Broner, the problem. He was arrested in uh, Miami Beach for DUI, according to TMZ. 
He uh, this is always this one always interests me the most with the DUI when a dude just passes out at a, at a traffic light or in the middle of traffic. But according to this, officers respond to a call of a male driver passed out behind the wheel of a Rolls Royce SUV. Uh, cops say when they responded to the scene, they found the SUV with the engine running in the middle of traffic, uh, with Broner unconscious but breathing in the driver's seat. They tried to bang on the window to wake him up. Ultimately, he needed to shake the car to get a response from Adrian. Uh, once he woke, the confused Broner rolled down his window. The cop reached inside, put the car in park. So I guess at least he put the, at least he had his foot on the brake. Um, ultimately, they got to Broner. Out of, they got Broner out of the vehicle. Noticed his low, slurred speech, bloodshot, watery eyes. He failed a field sobriety test and uh, was able to take himself a mugshot. But disappointing to see from Adrian Broner. Obviously, this is a guy who has uh, had a, a lot of problems outside of the ring. He hasn't fought since his Manny Pacquiao fight in over a year. Where, <laughs> you know, he told uh, Jim Gray where he was just telling Jim Gray, I beat him. We're like, what? Yeah, yeah, I beat him. Everybody knows that I beat him. I'm like, all right, well. I guess that's one opinion, but Adrian Broner's had a lot of stuff that's gone out uh, outside outside of the ring, so it's disappointing to see. I mean, this is a guy who, unfortunately, unfortunately, he's at the point of his career right now where things like this, I feel like, almost add to his lore because I feel like with Adrian, you know, he's gotten to the point where people almost tune in to see the disaster, to see the wacky thing that he's going to say after. Uh, after a loss or whatever, you know, who, who, what offensive thing is he going to say? What crazy thing is he going to say? What's the lead up going to be like? That's where his career has gotten to. And that's the unfortunate thing when it comes to Adrian Broner. Uh, I know that he did say this week that he wanted to try and set up a fight with Devin Haney. Uh, I'll tell you this, that's a good, if you're, if you already Hearn and you are, if you are on that side of things, um, it's a smart thing to do to have Devin Haney fight a guy like Adrian Broner because he's very pop. The one thing that, that you have to say about Adrian is his popularity has never waned. People, people like tuning into him. People, people uh, just gravitate towards him. And, and I, I think a lot of it, if you're looking at who the guy is, who the next Adrian Broner is in a lot of ways, it's Javante Davis. But I will say this, you're hoping that with Javante that he keeps the skill set. You know, one of the problems with Adrian is he was so, and this is just purely from a boxing thing, is he was so damn good in the lower weight classes, you know, where Javante started out. But the money was at welterweight. The money was in the the 140s, the 147s. And so, you know, he escalated that climb, and he just he didn't have quite the same thump that he did when he was first coming up, steamrolling fools. And so, you know, even though you had all the, the, the wackiness, you had Pops brushing his hair and all that type of stuff, he was still wrecking fools. And it's, it, you know, ever since he went up there, there's been two things that everybody has screamed at the television. You don't really, really know what it was. Um, one, a guy who, who made his bones being this dynamic offensive fighter, then all of a sudden wasn't throwing punches. And two, I think probably the size was a little bit too much of a, of a, of a reach for him. I'll never forget. It was funny, man. I remember interviewing Adrian Broner on this show, and uh, I wanted to go do it in person because he, uh, he was training up in West Palm with, uh, with Kevin Cunningham's crew up there where the Eric's and Lubin trains and a lot of guys are training up there. They, they run at the, the elementary school. It's right next to my house. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I said the most insincere thing ever at the end of an interview, but sometimes you just do this. You know, people will make fun of my journalist voice all the time. and say, that's not the guy who's on the radio, which is fair. It's not, but sometimes you just get caught up in these interviews, uh, and it's going a little bit weird. And 
I said, uh, I said, all right, Adrian, you know, hey, thanks for joining us, man. I'm rooting for you. And he was like so taken aback. He was like, really? I'm like, oh, man, he really like that actually moved him. He was happy that which, first of all, why would I be rooting for Adrian Broner when he's taking on Manny Pacquiao? Manny Pacquiao is one of my favorite fighters of all time, so I don't know why I said it. It was just one of those uncomfortable, just one of those things you just say to say, you know, like, ah, have a great day. Uh, you know, we'll be rooting for you. Just like one of those things where you just say to somebody you probably just don't talk to that much, so you just say something a little bit overly chummy. And I got caught up in the air where I was just like, yeah, man, rooting for you. He goes, really? You're not just saying that? He even like called me on. He's like, you're not just saying that? Oh, no, man, you, you know, listen, you train down here in South Florida. And I, I kept going on with it. I was like, oh, no, no, man, if you train down here in South Florida, those are the guys I, those are the guys I care about. <laughs> and it was just such an insincere thing to say. And it's not that I don't like Adrian Broner. It's just it, it was it was not genuine what I was saying. I was just, it was such a, it was just such a moment of, of media fakeness that I threw on him. I was just like, why did I say I was rooting for him? Why did I say that? I'm not rooting for him. I'm rooting for Manny Pacquiao in any fight Manny Pacquiao's fighting. So why why would I do that? But either way, um, look, man, he's he's always going to draw an audience. Um, and 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 look, if you can draw an audience in boxing, unless you're at the tops of the tops, a lot of the times the the fact that you could draw an audience is even more important than the uh, the uh, more important of that than your record is. You know. It's great to be champion. It's great to, to to have all these accolades, but the the better thing in today's day and age is is having people care about watching you. And he's gonna have that, I think, for a long time. I I don't think that's gonna go anywhere. He's only thirty years old. That's the other crazy thing. It feels like Adrian Broner's been in our lives now for hell, easily over a decade, and you know probably even less so. Like seven years, it's been just Adrian Broner nonstop on our television. But it's uh it, it it's crazy it, it it's crazy I just uh I think it's one of those things where we uh we look at this and you know you just hope that he continues to get successful fights has enough to provide for his family and um you know because I think it, it, you know Adrian's got himself a big family so you hope that he's always gonna have that that well to go to but it's uh it's not surprising seeing seeing headlines like this uh, but it's still disappointing like you just want the guy to get his life right for sure. Uh, Texter writes in. You can text show 67974. I say delay the fights. Just make Tur Ferguson take off his damn shades till the fight happens. No more falls. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That was uh, that was uh, that was one of the, the the most tragic stories ever to a fight not happening. What the one that was more egregious in the Tony Ferguson Khabib build uh, build up was uh, Khabib missing weight and missing weight. And he was allegedly seen eating tiramisu that week. That's why they referred to him as the as uh, King Tiramisu. And which, by the way, it, it, it's just such a funny thing to eat on the week of a weight cut, and then you miss weight, and now they got just tiramisu. It's just like it's one of those things where it's a dessert. Who has tiramisu? Like you know, it's it, tiramisu is fine. It's not like my first, second, or even third draft choice when dessert comes to to, to the table. But look, if it, there's a place that's known for its tiramisu, yeah, you'll you'll throw it down a little bit. But if you miss weight the week that you're chowing down on tiramisu, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It is. So, yeah, I hope that they put both of these guys in bubble wrap for a little bit and nothing happens and we still get the fight that we all are dying for. It's just to do that fight with no fans in attendance would be almost criminal. It would be criminal. 
it's uh, it, it's way better to put this thing off because it is the fans' fight. They, they, they even advertise uh, Habib versus Tony Ferguson as the most anticipated fight in UFC history. And a lot of the times you could say things are hyperbole when it comes to the combat sports game, but that one is actually true because we've been teased with it so many times. And in, in a lot of ways, um, they've kind of fallen ass backwards into that fight being an even bigger deal because – Habib's become even more popular. He's beaten Conor McGregor, so he's an even bigger star than he was when this fight first happened. And, you know, with Tony, Tony is the people's champ, I feel like. I think he is the guy where, you know, I don't I don't think people will even regard Habib as great as he is until he beats Tony Ferguson because, you know, Tony lost his interim title, the title he showed up for to go win. He showed up and won that fight, and Habib missed weight. And then Tony lost his belt, and Khabib was able to get the interim championship based on Tony tearing his knee doing UFC media. You know, that's the tough thing about it. He was out there doing his job promoting the fight and got hurt. Is it dumb to wear sunglasses inside? Yes, obviously it is, uh, especially when there are obstacles, you know? It's like Pat Riley says, there are tons of obstacles where there are some, tons of them, but there are none. That's what that was with Tony Ferguson. There were tons of obstacles, but there were none. There were no obstacles. All you had to do was not trip over a cable, and we would have gotten the fight we all wanted to see. But instead, we didn't. And so to think that that fight's going to take up take place in some secret location, like it's dogfight with the tarps up, is it, it's just it, it, it's worth so much more than that. All respect to the dogfight, you know? I love that documentary. I can't wait for dogfight, too. But Tony versus Habib is... It's like the law. It's 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 like the the lost treasure of mixed martial arts. I don't want that happening in front of nobody. So, yeah. Anyway, we did have fights though, you know. So, congrats to Charles Oliveira for getting the win. Really great performance by him. And uh, we'll continue on. I don't know what next week's gonna be. I told uh, Vlad was asking, me, well, what is this fight gonna? What is this show gonna be? I imagine we're gonna interview a lot of fighters. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll keep pace with people, see how things are going, because this is something that's that's been impacting a lot of guys locally. There's been local cards on, so I think that we could bring a lot of stories as far as how this has affected people. We roll on, baby. Listen, don't think this is this is this is this is not hard work. All right, don't don't let anybody fool you that this is something where we're dreading having to talk with no sports. We fine, everything's cool. Anyway, uh, Brian Monroe, Rashad Butler, they are coming up next. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday with them, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow, six to ten a.m. See ya.